Yo yo, what's up guys? Um welcome back to Void. We missed you. Um this is season two, episode one. Wow, it's been a crazy, crazy journey. Major thanks to everyone who has shown such great support so far. Um we're gonna keep on doing this, bring you the topics we think you need to hear and that you want us to discuss. Um, because of course we do all of this for you. So today um, we're actually carrying forward with part two of our African Economies episode. Um, if you haven't already, head over right now to Money Trees podcast. There are guests today on Void. We're going to be carrying forward the discussion we already did on their podcast. So part one is on their podcast. Check it out. Amazing stuff these guys do. Great to have them in the studio with us. And of course, my name is Rio Manjao here with Eugene um, and our two guests today are JJ and Edgar. They run the Money Trees podcast. Um, again, I'll let themselves introduce uh, themselves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great to have you guys on today. Yo, 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 yo. As you've heard, I'm Edgar. We're from the Money Trees Network podcast. We talk about all things African business and it was really nice to collab with the Void podcast last episode. And I think it's also really great to continue the goodness on this side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm JJ, um, the co-host together with Edgar at the Money She's podcast. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here today. It's just great. It's great to have you guys, man. Fucks. Eugene, Eugene should do a, another intro man it's been a while since we heard his voice you know <laughs> yeah what's up guys welcome back to season two of void um we're so happy to be back it's been a you know we've, we've missed recording these and educating people so today you know today we're talking big topics we're talking economies you know mm-hmm. we're talking pretty powerful forces of economies and stuff like that so if you guys didn't catch part part one we basically were stating you know, a lot of potential in the African economy, but a lot of wastage um, and a lot of just watching the opportunity passes, you know? So mm-hmm. today, you know, we're just going to be reflecting back on that and what we think uh, needs to change in order to actually realize our full, you know, economic might. I mean, it's 1.3 billion people with 40% of the world's resources, you know? We're a superpower. You know, well, we should be yep. a superpower. When you look at, um, like... World like cont like continents ranked in terms of economic power. I saw I saw a pie chart in Africa had less than one percent, which mm. does not make any sense mm. because of its size. Troubling, you know, mm-hmm. it's very troubling. So yeah, I'll pass it on to Ray to start it off. Yes, sir. Um, so of course, before we get into the whole African economies discussion, which is the point of today's podcast, following suit of our traditional, you know. Uh, sort of templates. I want you guys to tell us a little bit about yourselves, JJ and Edgar. Um, so the viewers get to know who's talking to who, you know. So tell us about yourselves, um, your ideas for Africa and everything, and what inspired you to do all of this stuff. Well, <clears throat> I've always been interested in such things since maybe when I began teenagehood, that's when I realized that these are the things I like talking about, the, the things that I'm passionate about, like I can't talk about the whole day. Even if um, 
it's the last thing I'll talk about in my life. I'll be satisfied because um, it's just it's so good. Like being able to just have an idea and gather resources or yeah, gather resources to actualize your idea is something that really it really strikes me as you know interesting because it seems like a really simple concept, but in practice, not, in practice, it's so difficult. Ground me to me different. <laughs> different. So I mean, I would always talk about these things, even just writing them down, like just different statistics and all that stuff. I used to find interesting in a notebook. I was just like, these are things I wanna talk about. So. I just hit up JJ and said, yo, we should talk about this stuff. I was like, yeah. Then uh, that's how the, the podcast began initially. I mean, we're not yet here where we want to be, but I believe uh, step by step, we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Idea-wise, what I have visualized from for Africa is independence, really. Like, that's all I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we don't have to rely on some trade deal with some Western or Eastern countries so that we can thrive or develop. Like I want, I'd like to see an Africa that's self, self-sufficient, self-dependent. Yeah. Where we don't outsource stuff. Everything's available. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 JJ, tell us, man. Uh. <laughs> Okay, so for me, I'm also an enthusiast about this stuff, economics and finance. Funny thing is, um, I decided to like take it like more seriously and start like looking into matters of economics and finance when I realized that I could never be beaten in a monopoly game. Like whenever I would play Monopoly with my parents or like friends, I, I would end up nine times out of ten winning the whole game. So like I've just been really enthusiastic about this. And also another thing, I love Kenya. I really, really love Kenya. And I'd really love to see Kenya uh, prosper and do well economically. And also, as Edgar said, I'd love Africa to be self-sufficient and self-dependent, that we don't need a foreign deal so that we can um, so that we can thrive. Like, we can do it by ourselves, and we have a lot of resources within Africa and within Kenya that will help us get where we, we want to get. So, yeah, the podcast started the way Edgar has just explained it. Edgar hit me up, told me we should do this stuff. So, yeah. The rest That's is where history. Right now. The rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. Mm. Something you said has really, really struck me. Um, last podcast, you know, on you guys' Money Trees podcast, we talked about identifying the issues that Africa faces as a global economy and some of the smaller countries, what issues they face on a down-to-earth scale but um your vision or other shared vision of independence in this case um i like that a lot um but two things two things to you guys two questions Mm -hmm. um first off 
what exactly do you think is holding Africa back from independence? Because here at Void, we're not just about, you know, complaining and complaining and complaining. We, we try to find issues, even if it's one of the biggest problems. We try to find we try to find the issue and then we try to solve it or find a solution to it. Um, so what do you guys think about Africa being held back on a global scale? And secondly, what can we do to change that? Personally, I think our issues stem from history. Our history has been eroded, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm of the opinion that when you know your history, you are willing to defend what it stands for and see it grow and develop and metamorphosize. <laughs> so if we know... If you know where we have come from, it's easier to plot where we should be or where we should head to. Not we shouldn't follow. We shouldn't have to um, get our performance. Like we, we didn't have to gauge our performance using Western countries who have their own origins and Eastern countries who have their own origins mm. and all their policies and all that. Yeah. If we just knew where we came from from an economic standpoint. Because I, I can't even tell you if there's any like a concept that was created by an African, like for example, a study or not a study, but like um, a subject or uh, a course or something. You know, mm-hmm. like they can tell you the the origin of economics was by this guy, this professor did what, but they're all white. Mm-hmm. You see, so. I feel like one of our issues, we, we don't know where we've come from economically. All our economic policies are just the trickle-down Western or Eastern policies. Mm-hmm. On, on Yeah, exactly. So if we just knew, I think that's one of our biggest issues, if we just knew economically where we have come from, then it would be easier to formulate our own independent policies that would make us be able to chart a course to where we should be. Yeah, that's my view. Okay, okay. JJ, man, drop some knowledge. Um, mine is the man- mindset, the mindset of the African people. And like, as also Edgar said, the history. So for me, when I say the mindset is um, a lot of Africans have this particular mindset that the the white man's thing is better and like they completely abandon their own their own uh their own things their own stuff their own creations their own inventions in their country their own inventions in their country so this really sets back the people to bring themselves up to rise as a as a as a unit it really sets them sets them back also i think corruption as well corruption in very many african countries is also a big issue like for example in congo congo is a very rich country it has a lot of minerals it has uh, a lot of coltan i don't know if you guys know coltan Coltan is this mineral for it's it's used in 
making phones and electronic devices. Yeah. And Congo is the largest producer of gold. And if you look at that mineral, it's a big resource that could help Congo boost the economy. But if you look at the political scene in Congo, it's chaotic, like it's really chaotic. There are like three rebel leaders in Congo, or around two. And the miners of Colton are foreign countries, are foreigners that benefit. Yeah, they, they get the profits. The, the foreigners are the ones that get the profits and not the locals. And this comes to play a big part. A, a corruption plays a big part in this because the the government in Congo could easily mine coltan, but they give it up to the foreigners in exchange for a little money and a small percentage of the cut. So the mindset and the corruption and also just bad governance, bad maintenance, bad leadership. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's crazy because a couple of episodes back, like three or two episodes back, we had our guest, Mr. APM, Audrey Papo, on this show, and he talked a lot about not comparing your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10. Uh, Eugene, you remember that, yeah? Um, it, was a, it, was a great, it was a great episode. Um, but like, Africa, exactly. We can't be basing our situation and trying to compare it to, you know, the global economy around us because we come from different backgrounds. As you've said, we have our own economic histories and everything. So we need to forge our own way forward. And I'm actually going to put this off to Eugene to start us off with this because he, he, he has a lot, lot to say on this. Um, basically, what do we think is a way forward for Africa? And this is the whole point of our discussion today. As he said, we're not just about identifying problems. We also want to try to look for solutions. Um, so the African economy, um, extremely diverse um, and extremely blessed with many, many resources. Um, but again, having the potential doesn't translate into using that potential, of course. So Eugene, what do you think um, Yo, is Africa's is- best way forward? Yeah. The best way forward, first of all, is intra-African trade. As I always say, you look at the numbers of intra-African trade and you just start laughing. You know, those, those numbers are laughable, man. They're meaningless. You know, the thing is, African countries would rather trade with outside forces than literally their neighbor. Mm-hmm. They'd rather hop on a ship to sell something to somebody than literally walk across the border. And mm-hmm. when you look at it, the biggest economic players in the world are regions, you know, and from a, not even from a country standpoint, from a region standpoint. Look at the USA is basically a whole region, you know. Look at Europe. Look at China. China is basically a whole region as well, you know. The bigger you are, the more you control. So, you know, you look at Europe. Europe, you already realized, yeah, we can't do this thing of everybody trying to be on their own. Let's unite and let's form a block that's going to be, you know, as big as the US and maybe have a chance to compete because... If they all went one-on-one, they will have no chance competing with an economy like the U.S. That's the biggest thing which I'm saying. We need to get a serious, serious unity of Africa, you know? And it, obviously, it's not going to come with um, at a one country, at a, at a hundred countries at once. No, 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 no. You start maybe 10 countries, maybe 20 countries. Keep going, keep going. Eventually, the whole, co- the whole continent starts working together. And from there, we stop looking to export 
to Europe and the US, we start looking to export across Africa, you know? You look at somewhere like the USA, the reason why, yeah. you know, it has big companies. First of all, the reason it's the biggest consumer market in the world is because it's huge. By land mass, it's huge. And the bigger Absolutely. you have in land, the more people you have in your economy. And the more, the bigger your economy. That's it. You know? And yeah. then um, for, you look at somewhere like China. China is huge, you know? China is huge, but then it also has the population. It has almost 1.2 billion people. There's a reason. And there's a reason why it's, it just came out of nowhere, you know? I mean, you can look at all these other countries in the region. You got Vietnam, ni, 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 ni. I mean, they've been doing it on their own. They're moving quite slowly compared to the pace that China has moved. So that's the first thing we need to do. Have a proper economic block established in Africa. Because, I mean, a company like Amazon, you know, it, the only reason Amazon is as big as it is is because it has, there are so many key factors. The biggest one I always say is industry. In America, the reason why you can have two-day shipping is because the industry is right there. You know, the manufacture of the good yeah. is probably right there. Here in Africa, if you want to, let's say you want to buy some chairs, the manufacturers in China, by the time it comes, it's two weeks. By the time it gets the plot, it's four weeks. So, you know, such kind of advancements, then they need to be, I don't know, man, they need to be some somebody to spearhead the change into into unity. And once we have unity, I think, from there, everybody eats well. End of story. Yeah, yeah and you see, like, these smaller trade blocks, like, for example, the EAC, East Africa Community, I think, I believe, it was one of the first trade blocks to sort of build up. And this was under the past rulership we had. Um, first, first one was, I believe, something like Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, a really, really small group. Um, but now you can see the relationship between East African countries, Sudan, Rwanda, um, South Sudan, all, all of the countries in East Africa the relationship was strengthened so much just because of that initial move to create a community because a community is one of the strongest things in the world. If I'm going to use a bit of a sort of unrelated example here. Um, Jewish communities in places like America now, if any of you have ever noticed, like even during the toughest of times like COVID, there's been case studies done about this. Um, Jewish businesses rarely go out of business because um, it's a community that buys and sells within itself. So you go to a Jewish-owned barber shop, all the Jews will go there in one community. Um, the restaurant owned by one Jew, even if there's 10 cheaper ones, all the Jews will go to that one restaurant because they support each other as a community. And when you need something, if your business is struggling, of course, the other people will now come back to support you. So the money, A, circulates within that one community, and B, while it circulates, of course, that money is used, let's say, one billion US dollars, um, you pay for infrastructure and engineering something, something from Tanzania, um, exchange that, it's done, you build up your infrastructure. And now with that new found revenue, um, Tanzania would use that one billion USD, or one million USD, whatever, to um expand the SGR using labor from Uganda or something. So the circulation of funds um really builds each other up while ensuring that no one is at a loss necessarily. Um but JJ and Edgar, what are your thoughts on the community aspect of Africa instead of looking at it 
from a country by country basis, um, looking at it from now the zones that Eugene has talked about. What do you think about that? Personally, I think I think the issue is trust. Mm. I don't know why, but I I perceive doing business with a country like uh, the United Kingdom more favorable than doing business with Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily true, but it's it's just how it is. And I think if we just build the, the trust between African countries, because I don't think we interact with each other enough. I, I don't see enough African foreigners. If if there's a foreigner, the first thing the first thing I'll think is is white. Mm-hmm. But if if there's more integration, maybe through ease of travel, maybe easier immigration to other countries for fellow Africans, it would build that cohesiveness, that trust. Like the the way the EU is, you can. You know, it's easy to move from to immigrate to emigrate or immigrate to for work because they are part of that block. So essentially, there's that trust that if I'm entering business with this country that's near me, there's going to be a favorable return. So also, it's also coupled with the issue that we're all in the same place, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like we're all that most of us are third world in, in Africa. Some are middle, midlife, I think it's called middle capital, I'm not sure. But some are second world countries. But most countries in Africa are third world countries. So, I mean, it would be easier if uh, a first world country is holding your hand than another third world country. I mean, that's how it looks in the short term. It looks much, much easier, much better. You know, you feel... You just have that feeling. Feel more we have we have a trade deal with the US. Uh, that one we're getting sure bet it's okay. We'll be okay. Hmm. But if we just build that cohesiveness between all of us, between all of us third world countries or developing countries, if you'd like to say that, mm-hmm. if we just build that cohesiveness, we just hold all all of each other's hand. At the end of the day, we'll move further than if. A first world country is holding all of our hands at once and it's just the card master. He just says, Oh, I'm Jalipa, oh, I'll take your pot, it's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. because if we're if we're suffering with them, if let's say Zambia they've taken a loan from China to make, I don't know, for example, their power plants, then Zambia default, China takes their power plant. They come to Kenya, they take our pot. We're all facing the same problem. So if we just look at it the same way together, it would be much easier to face these first world countries or other countries from the West and the East to reduce their influence on us really because we can't we can't all be facing the same issue. Then you go back to the same guy and get another loan. Then the other country, it's just like the cycle of doom, you know. Exactly. exactly. So we can't just see our neighbor having the same problem as us with the same, 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 same administration, same country, same guy signing all the deals. And we just look at each other like, oh, hi, you also have a deal with China? Same. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. We can't just look at each other 
and expect good things to happen oh you've seen that that country has a had a bad experience with china or another country any other country then you go and sign a deal with china it's like so counterintuitive like like it would much better exactly it's like china is coming selling poison in poison cookies no you want yeah I'll eat next to you want yeah I'll eat. you see, you just watch all of us are dying together and then we're still going back to the same master and expecting them to bail us out or if china if china is not playing nice we go to the us which is the same same thing and you know we're, we're not freeing ourselves by changing who gives us what we go to france they give us a loan it's okay it's the same as china giving us a loan you still have to but the loan we, exactly and these deals are always so one sided so 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 one sided for example mm-hmm. if you look at a parasitical like kenya mm-hmm. in the article of association mm-hmm. uh klm has veto power in some matters like appointing the managing director and the financial yeah, yeah. director in the sale or purchase of an aircraft so klm can be like nah we don't like this ceo get not end like if it doesn't suit their own personal uh, interest yeah exactly ah, so you guys you know the now what well, now another thing is that um they'll put like the amount i don't think people realize the amount of opportunity that's coming you know the industrial revolution is coming you know the industrial revolution was some crazy stuff mm. you know look look what it did i mean it came from away from the west it came from the us industrializing and then as i keep saying economies this is now the one drawback about capitalism um the more advanced your economy gets in terms of education the less likely you'll be able to manufacture cheap goods end of story because the more learned an individual the more you have to pay them So you can oh, see yeah. like manufacturing came from the US went to China went to China look at it into the China economy China if you look at it 25 years ago you'll be wondering what's happening here the you know and them, them them they seized the opportunity you know they knew okay the US's time is over it's time for us let's set up our country for these deals now look China's time is coming to an end the Asian bloc's time is coming to an end and if we're very if we're very very like smart it's Africa's time coming But the issue is who's going to control who's going to you know someone like who's going to control that if it's not the africans controlling it we're allowing people to exploit us and make people are going to become trillionaires out of this no cap yes, exactly exactly and you can't and if it's not an african no no, mm-hmm. no 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 that will be really sad yeah this goes not to leadership as well yeah um, we can't have again we can't have um leadership structures in place that on how they say this Ongeza 1 trillion dollars ya kutoa. We can't have that stuff going on anymore, you know. So we need to actually have um proper proper post of control and finances. As much as I would hate to say it, um it's not the best situation from what I have seen heard about um all the scandals that are floating in the air. Everybody is quote unquote unsure about money, covid millionaires. I mean, the facts are right in front of us. Um if it's something as serious as the health of a country's you know citizens and that's still being treated in a selfish agenda by the people who would be handling it um what about now developing the infrastructure um that's why you see some of the road 
was it road road engineers and everything those are some of the wealthiest people you'll see because um sometimes um things tend to go missing unfortunately so again now where 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 man has failed technology always always comes in handy so i strongly believe that using technology um to keep everything a transparent and like tracked to like the scent will help a lot because um with the traditional accounting ways we've gone with uh you know Kenya treasury and everything it's obviously not worked and you can't keep running with a broken car and expect the same results or better results you can only expect the same results you can't expect better results um but apart from that now um looking at it on an individual country to country basis um if we're looking at it from for example Kenya's economy um what would be the best way forward um in terms of Kenya to actually carry on this new age of industrialization and handing over the baton picking it up from China possibly the Asian bloc region um to now take Africa into the new dawn of this industrial age um, I want you to take us through this actually give us your views on what you think would be the best way for the Kenyan economy to prepare itself and be ready for when the time comes for us to take over this new industrialization JJ you good man yeah um I also think like to help Africa to me it starts with um the education that we give our children and like the perception of Africa that our, our younger generations will have so I think that in the curriculum we should introduce African philosophy so that more of the young people could be so more of the young people will be appreciative more appreciative of Africa and Kenya as a whole so that they can have independent ideas of their own and not ideas that are influenced by for by the west mm-hmm. and also leadership the leadership in our countries need to really change like somebody needs to just start a revolution or something cuz <laughs> hey, don't say that on the internet man no 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 no, no. yeah okay <laughs> but like okay to me when i say that it's cuz i'm like really really fed up mm, it's understandable yeah yeah so a drastic drastic measures need to be taken in this whole situation here cuz you can't have scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal it's it's starting to feel like it's something normal you get me yeah, yeah and also our kids need to really appreciate african culture african ideas mostly because you see we are developing we are developing countries and if you if you want your and and since we are a developing country and africa most of africa are developing countries more um job opportunities and more opportunities will be given to the youth should be given to the youth to build the countries because 
in a developing country you need roads and new forms of com and more forms of communication and more forms of transport and all these so all these opportunities sh should be given to the people of the countries themselves and not to foreign foreigners because if you do this you're depriving your country of a chance to grow economically and yeah. many people will be left unemployed so it just becomes really chaotic and as mm -hmm. i said my two my two points behind this is the education we feed our young generation and the leadership in the african countries okay 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 um, now one one other point that i actually want to say is as much as you know there's a lot of scandal and you know a lot of missing things happening in government you have to look at what they have actually done mm -hmm, for um, sure infrastructure wise if you look at nairobi skyline um 10 years ago and today you know the amount of that's because the government has paved the way for you know these businesses to actually come here you know for example a company like google mm. having the headquarters in africa over south africa you know it had to be the government's yeah. doing it. just don't pull up like that mm -hmm. you know i mean you look at infrastructure wise i mean those where i live there used to be a forest now there's a whole bypass <laughs> you know and i i feel like obviously there's been a lot of mismanagement and I feel like if we went where I see it right now, it's just a part, a part of developing, you know, mm -hmm. so every, you know, everybody wants to be post-industrial yeah. without going through the process of industrialization. I mean, if we had news in the 1800, you think we'll have not had America, Sijui, somebody has stolen 5 billion. Because <laughs> at that time, there was not, there was nothing like accountability. There was no Twitter guys or seeing it to the newspaper, man, you know? <laughs> just saying like i feel like even if you like even if you go back and look in china's history you, china's can, bet, you, can, history, bet. you will find it but they've been very they don't leak out a lot of information you go to europe europe has europe when it was developing i mean those guys were evil man wild wars those <laughs> guys were evil man you know the business of war you know the business of war and you know you look you look at all these these guys as economic timelines there's a time when everybody was fed up with the leadership in that country in these respective regions at a, at a certain point of time but i feel like it's just a part of moving it's a part of the and, process and eventually we'll reach a point where yeah. where we where we you know these things stop happening and once they and if they do happen swift action is taken mm -hmm. end of story but obviously yeah. You know, the thing with those things is that they're very political and you never know what moves and what shakes and what actually drives these kind of things, you know? These government changes and everything. Stealing some money and they're not, you know, appropriate action isn't taken. Who knows what other forces are. That's why I don't like, I don't like commentating on these things because there are so many bigger forces at play that nobody ever has a chance to see. Uh, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah, That's interesting because like the more we speak on this, um, if I had to compare it to any other major movement out there, it would be the climate change movement. Um, of course, with the upcoming US elections, um, it will... There's no two ways about it. It will dictate the, the future um, the environmental yeah, outlook of the entire world. So it's a global it's a global event in this case. So the only change we can make is right now. Like the best time to make the change would have been yesterday. Second best time is today. 
Um, and of course, again, with the African economy, um, the process would be a, a bit different. Um, the way with climate change, people saying stop using fossil fuels, now it's the only way to save the earth by 2023. Um, if it goes above three degrees increase in temperature, the world is over and everything. Um, and with the African economy, we need to make sure, like look at, for example, is this Zimbabwe? I can never remember. Or Rwanda, I can never remember which currency went all the way to having one trillion dollar notes. Yeah, Zimbabwe. We we can't let it get to that place, especially with um the symbolism that Kenya's an economy holds. Um, not only for the East African economy, but for the general African outlook as a whole, because people think Africa, they think South Africa, Egypt, Nigeria, Kenya, um, Congo. So you look at this as I would say the sample of where we expect the entire African economy to grow to and um just to close the african economy will grow there's no two ways about it um with time comes change and that change can either be positive or negative it's us it's up to us as the next generation to be the bringers of the change um as much as you hate to say it the people who are living and spending in today's economy they're not going to be around to see the change, so it's up to us. We're gonna live through it. We're gonna experience it. Um, if you're planning on having children or adopting, they're gonna be the ones who have to live through the change we bring, or um, they live through what we're going through right now, which isn't what we want. But um, the promise, the promise, the promise. There's so much promise for the African economy. All we have to do is now reach in and grab that opportunity by the, you know, by the hand and take it forward. So. Um yeah, I think to close, it's been a great podcast, man. Thank thank you guys from Money Trees, JJ and Edgar. If you guys haven't checked out their podcast, definitely hop on it. Um we'll probably link it. Yeah, we'll link it right in the comments below this video. So hop on that, check it out. Um Money Trees on Instagram as well. Um big thanks to JJ and Edgar for being here. Um Void season two, episode one. Um it's a new, it's a new journey. Um, let's hop into it with enthusiasm and everything. There's gonna be some crazy, crazy episodes coming up. We have some amazing things planned, so make sure you look out for it's to come. But that's all for us today. That's our two cents. I hope you enjoyed listening, and thanks for coming. See you in the next episode, guys.